Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Peace Christmas. to you. My friends, I'm looking at this very front pew, and it's very empty. I'm going to assume you left that for your guardian angels, that they may sit and listen. Now, my friends, at the 4 o'clock, that would have been going on an auction to the highest bidder, and they would have. The 4 o'clock people took, in particular, there was no room in the inn, Father. They were everywhere. It was wonderful. It was actually very, very wonderful. Uh, you were wise in choosing 10 p.m. to have, your, have a, a good seat. My friends, all during Advent, we've been hearing from uh, the great prophet of God, Isaiah. And he spoke to a people in a time where they suffered greatly. And he constantly brought them a message in their time, uh, a message of hope and peace and joy. And today in the reading, we hear the great prophet tell them, uh, you have not been forsaken. You have not been forgotten. And so, my friends, um, as we gather then uh, to offer our praise and prayer to our Heavenly Father and, uh, for Jesus, and on this day uh, we celebrate and remember his birthday, um, my friends, uh, throughout the world, uh, um, our Christmas liturgy, uh, the readings are being proclaimed uh, and there is a set of them, uh, each at the different hours. And uh, likewise, um, the Christmas hymns, if you will, are being sung at the liturgies all around the world. Um, and as I listened all evening to our beautiful choir sing them, uh, they made me recall uh, past times uh, with my family. And uh, it was wonderful. Uh, to have that evoked within me. And um, even those who have not frequented the church remember fondly these readings of Christmas and perhaps even more so the hymns sung at Christmas time. And they are beautiful and they teach us some of the mysteries of the Father and they hold so much meaning for so many. My friends, regarding our readings for this evening, particularly from the Old Testament, my friends, it has been said that the ancient Israelites would sing them or chant them. Well, we proclaimed it to you, spoke it to you, but they would have sung it. And uh, in particular at great feasts, but uh, whenever a new king took throne, they would sing. And in it they always held to the hope that this one, this king, would be the one foretold to come, the one that they knew as the anointed one, the one that is known as the Messiah. And so they sang, and they sang for centuries. As no king really fit the descriptions as they had understood the sacred scriptures. My friends... And we have the gospel accounts read and chanted at the Christmas time, one of which you heard this evening. And unlike the thoughts of old, whereas the king was thought to come in power and might and he would have an army and he would overthrow all the governments, the story we're told this evening is different. The New Testament tells that one night, far from a palace and great temple, a child was born, and his mother had him in a stable, 
and she placed him in a manger, what we know as a feed box. And this child would be wiser than King Solomon of old. And this child would be more victorious than King David the Great. And this child would bring a deeper peace, one that the world would never be able to offer anyone in any time. Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet of God, his words and all that singing of those people came true in a manger a few miles from Jerusalem in a city known as Bethlehem. Today, people can actually touch the very spot that God became incarnate. God became man in the flesh and where all the ancient prophecies came true. Deacon, you've been there. You've touched the very... Father hasn't gone there yet. One day. We gather each year at Christmas and sing the same hymns. One of the attractions of Christmas is that most know the music and the hymns by heart, and it evokes memories, kind of what it did for me, of many Christmases past, especially when perhaps when we were young and God seemed so close to us. Remember when we were little? God seemed like he was just next door. And whatever mom and dad told us, God is like this and he did it. Yes, yes, yes. And maybe we feel we can't go back to such a time because too much has happened since we've grown up. The power of Christmas, however, does not come from such sentimentality or nostalgia, but from hope that things can be different in our life because of the birth of this child and all that he would do and all that he would say. And what he would say would become so important because up until that point, many people misunderstood. He came to tell us that God loves us and that we do not earn his love. That his love is gift and given freely to each one of us. And anyone who would tell you the opposite, anyone who would tell you that God hates, does not know the scriptures, do not know Jesus. You would think in our time, the way we would think about things, that God would have come to give us what we deserve. But he didn't. He gave us what we needed most. Love. So my friends, I suspect people are in the church this evening and this occasion of Christmas for all sorts of reasons. Some are here every week and embrace all the solemnities like Christmas in their hearts with such great joy and special meaning. Some come occasionally. Some are here as a favor to a family or friend, or as I put it earlier, they were made and forced to come here, blackmailed, <laughs> held hostage. But the good news of this evening is as the angel said, I come bearing good news for all people, all of them. Whoever you are, 
And for whatever reason you are here, every person in this church is loved by God. You don't have to do anything to earn it. He loves each one of you. Each one of you. There is nobody sitting in this church that God does not love. He loves you all. And in particular, the way you are. Of course, he has great hopes and dreams, as any parent does. So much more that you can do with his grace, which is free. So my friends, if nothing else, everyone here, everyone here in this church has a journey to make in the coming year, all of you. For some, the journey may be difficult, made so because of poor health. Perhaps you have a medical diagnosis that's not good. Some are here, perhaps, and their journey will be because of problems or challenges financially or work-related or because of family situations. Perhaps for some it will encompass a journey that is filled with loss. And there has been much loss in our parish this past year. For some, it will just be a personal crisis of some sort. For some, things are going very well and all is good. But no matter the journey that you will be on, the message of Christmas is for you, all of you. Christmas means the incarnation of Jesus Christ became a permanent part of our human fabric, time, and history. And my friends, as powerful as, as the reality of sin and its consequences are, there is a more powerful reality and presence. The Lord God, our Lord, flesh and blood. So my friends, whatever the darkness, in Jesus Christ there is light. And this year as we prepared the church for the celebration, we made sure that there were plenty of candles to represent that light. 52, 48? I can't remember. Well, the sacristan was counting as he lit the candles. And we have them outside also. And this is just to remind you about the light of Christ and that each of you in baptism have this. And by your baptism, Jesus Christ has become a part of your personal fabric also, your personal history. And that means then you are never alone in life's journey. So my friends, the question is, Christ is with us, but are you with Christ? Really? This is a powerful reflection for Christmas. Each one of us have a journey to make this coming year. And as the priest here, I suggest to you, begin to walk with Jesus more. Make him a closer part of your life and your journey. Make his way and his truth and his life a part of your life always. Not just at Christmas, not just at Easter, not just once in a while. Every day, every day. In doing so, you will find yourself gradually from the inside transformed. You will be made stronger, wiser, holier than ever before. 
you will come to know the strength of his love and the power of the Paschal mystery in your heart and in your life. You will begin to experience then the true meaning of Christmas. That is love, being loved and loving others. And it matters to God how you treat each other. It always has. It always will. And his son came and told us so. My friends, you will begin to experience once more and more deeply the power of the Holy Spirit in your life if you let him journey with you. But are you with him? He is certainly wanting to be with you. So my friends, I know um, when I was preparing this homily, and this one's different from the four o'clock, well, how do I begin this way, Father? How do I, how do I get going? How, but this journey, it begins now, tonight. It begins with you understanding the true meaning of Christmas, love. Because the true meaning of Christmas, it captures with beauty and clarity and honesty and death the embrace of God's love for each of you. God came down from heaven to raise you up and to restore a dignity that belongs to his children, you. And in this you are given, if you will, new purpose and a new peace within. Begin this closer walk with Christ by trying to accept and appreciate his gift of love. It's free. Make his love a presence in your life. This gift of love, Jesus, is free and for all. You just simply have to accept the gift, which for some, it becomes very, very hard and my friends, um, has become my tradition um, on Christmas, especially at this late hour. Um, if you have not found the perfect gift for somebody, and some of you didn't because the storm got in your way, but if you have not yet found the perfect gift for that someone, here are my suggestions as your pastor. These gifts cannot be purchased, at any price, they can only be given freely and received freely. You can give the gift of forgiveness to someone who has hurt you or harmed you in any way. Just forgive them. The gift of charity and patience and tolerance to the one who makes you crazy sometimes. Maybe they live in your house with you. Maybe they will visit you at Christmas time. You can give the gift of your attention to someone lonely and in need of simply a smile or perhaps a hug. You can give the gift of genuine warmth and love to family and friends, the gift of peace and hope to all that you will encounter over these days of Christmas. And then finally, give the gift of respect to yourselves for your precious in God's eyes. You have great dignity before him. And as God has loved you, 
And as his son has told us, we must go then and share that love with others. That's why it matters to him how we treat each other. But that becomes very difficult sometimes uh, to love that way. So we need his grace. My friends, on behalf of uh, Deacon and myself and our whole staff, we wish you a blessed and a Merry Christmas.